Good morning and welcome to Mornings with Ken. Hey, today I have a special show for you. I will be talking to Kenny Lambert, owner of Just a Dad from Akron store located on Kenmore Boulevard. But it's more than just a clothing store. It's the ministry tool for the community. And Kenny has a unique story to him. We all have stories. So today we're going to listen to Kenny's story. Kenny Lambert, owner of Just a Dad from Akron store. So go get that cup of coffee. Go get that virtual donut. Pull up a chair. Stay a while. I'm really glad you're here. Kenny Lambert, and he is the co-owner. I'm the um, owner, yeah. Co-owner, right? Just right? owner, yeah. Oh, just owner. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right, all right. From uh, just just the dad from Akron, and uh, uh, located on Kenmore Boulevard, and has lots of items for sale: shirts, hats, and hoodies. And uh, so, uh, Kenny, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this selling? stuff here in Akron for just a dad just a dad from Akron yeah yeah so um yeah I don't really know where to start so like well, growing up yeah yeah it's, tell me about your your like maybe your childhood and and, and you can get into maybe I know if you want to talk about your addiction and, yeah and how that affected you and homelessness so yeah. uh did you have a good family life growing up yeah so growing up you know it was always like uh both parents present in the household uh raised in church um, so every Wednesday and Sunday we went to church and then, uh, like, so I remember like growing up, it was like church was mandatory and school was yeah. mandatory. You yeah. know, So like, yeah. as long as we were under 18 and we lived in the parents' house, like those were like our guidelines. Um, you know, very loving family. Um, I'm the middle child, so I have a younger brother and older sister. And yeah, so like, I think, you know, like, like childhood growing up was really good, you know, like very active in sports, very supportive parents. Um, very blessed, you know, nice. very blessed. Now, was your church experience, I don't know if it was like mine. Mine, I remember growing up back in the day. I'm a little bit older than you. But we had Sunday morning, and then you went back for Sunday night. And then, like, youth group was, like, on a Wednesday. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, the same yeah. Thing? So, yep. <clears throat> yeah, it's the same thing, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All yeah. right. So, um, how, how did you, what was your experience like with church? Did you kind of, like, not really get into it or... Uh, did you enjoy it or yeah so like i feel like there was like some stuff that i did enjoy about church you know like um like the fellowship of the church like we went to this we always went to like the same church so it was like a huge family you know like everyone that we we knew everyone like and i still know some of the people that i knew from when i was like five you know um i had one lady from church who reached out to me like uh a few probably like uh six months a year ago and she had told me 
that she had been praying for me for 10 years. Wow. And like that her wow. prayers have been answered, you know? So it's like, it's crazy like that the life now today, like even like it all starts like those are the roots, you know, yeah. from the church yeah. people. Um, but I, I like to go into church, you know? Um, as long as there was like, so, you know, like young, when you're young and you go to church, I feel like it's like activities. Right. And like if right. there's like activities to like engage and like do um, versus like sitting there just like hearing someone preach. And like yeah. you're young and you're like, dude, this is boring, you know. So <laughs> absolutely, I I can remember those days. Yeah, for sure. So then, uh, kind of did you as you grew up? Did uh, did uh, and you're from the Kenmore area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Kenmore. Okay. Yeah. Yep. As you grew up, did you kind of find yourself like getting out of church once you were old enough to make your own decisions? And yeah, for sure. So like, as soon as I turned 18, it was like um, school was was done, you know, like and. I could like run my own life, you know? So I, it was like the party had begun, you know, that, yeah. that's how I remember right. it is like, like I, I, I can party every single day and like, this is where life really begins. That's what I thought, you know? Mm. And I, I did have a lot of fun and did like, like a lot of partying. Um, but it led me to very dark places, a lot of trips to jail, um, and burning bridges and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and of course your parents were probably trying to, uh, encourage you to go a different route but i know sometimes as well as teenagers or grown men if we get that 18 19 we think we know it all and and uh just do our do our own thing and and parents don't really know much that's that's the way i remember growing up you know but um so then you, you got into like partying and then um i know uh later you said you became an uh addict yeah yeah so um what what led up to that or or was it just trying something for the first time and then getting hooked or yeah so i think more or less like so like growing up you know like the biggest thing with my parents was like they're always like why are you doing this we never raised you like this you Mm. know so it wasn't anything that my parents did wrong um i think it was more or less like me just like getting out and experiencing life and wanting to like rebel and like that adrenaline of like doing something and getting away with it Mm -hmm. you know like that lifestyle that whole lifestyle of like breaking the law and like not getting caught you know it became it's very addictive you know um and when i was a kid like that's you know like that whole lifestyle of like drugs and alcohol and just running the streets and partying and stuff like that um i think when i first started doing it though it was like to fit in you know because mm-hmm. i always hung out i was the youngest one all the people i hung out with were like four grades ahead of me or like already graduated high school and i did it to like fit in you know because like and it looked like they were having fun you know um until i had seen like I remember, like, once I started, like, partying and getting in addiction, um, seeing some of the older people, like, strung out, you know? And I'm like, wow, like, I'll never be like that, you know? Mm. That's what I thought. I was like, I'll never, ever do heroin or I'll never be, like, dirty like that person, you know? Um, and addiction does not discriminate. Mm. So it's, you know, you don't have, like, once you get in addiction, you have no say-so, you know? Well, like, I'll, admit, I'll admit mine live on the <clears throat> air. I'm addicted to coke. But not the kind of coke you guys are thinking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm talking about Coca-Cola. I'm trying to wean myself off. But that being said, uh, about my Coca-Cola addiction, it's real. I mean, I know I, it's not like drugs in the sense of, you know, I'm not getting high. But I've been trying to quit Coca-Cola for a long time. That was kind of a strange yeah, yeah. comparison. But it's hard because it's a, I crave it in the first thing in the morning. And I crave it throughout the day. Yeah. And I know it's a bad comparison, but I kind of get 
like once you have a taste yeah yeah and then you it's hard to get off i mean it's not it's not, a lot of times you hear people tell people that are doing um, <clears throat> drugs or something well just stop yeah and it doesn't work like that uh, yes so like it is kind of like in the same sense so it's like the mental obsession you know yeah. so like whenever you're like thinking like oh i'm about to like you worked all day and you're like i'm about to go get this coke you know right. like, i'm about to go get this coca cola and it's like that whole thought process of like throughout the day because i'm addicted to caffeine you know it's like yeah. i love pop yeah so like i'll literally like like mentally obsess like oh like i can't wait to go to the store and just get this pop you know and it's like i'm and I just think about it so much and so much. So it's like kind of like drugs is the same way, you know, but it's like way heavier, you know, yeah, like you're right. mentally obsessing. Like even when you're getting high, you're like, I'm ready for the next one. You know, like when's the next one going to be? Mm. Um, so like throughout addiction at first, it wasn't, you know, like I always had like tons of drugs, the lifestyle I was living. I had tons of drugs, money. Um, and I, I had like a, a business that was like club promotion. So I'd run mm. out venues and I'd have local artists open up and then like main, like huge artists um come headline the show you know wow. so i was making five okay. grand a day to get blacked out and party you know oh, so it was like the, it was like in that sense i was like 21 and that was like the dream job you know at the time like i'm like you know like well, i'm making all this money and not remembering anything i'm doing um wow. and destroying relationships and lives and and club venues um and uh having no remorse because like when i woke up the next morning i didn't remember mm. you know and i just do it all over again um until yeah, until like, you know, like then in and out of jail. Um, I'd go to jail, wasn't making any money, get out with the little money I do have, and i try to obtain and live that same lifestyle mm. without all the having a lot of drugs, you know? So it's like all my money would go straight to drugs, then I wouldn't have no money, and I'd be sick. And then, you know, it started that cycle of real, like, real heavy addiction of like, you know, like it's not fun no more. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting <clears throat> subject, probably... Uh, too time consuming to tackle today but uh, maybe we could touch on a little bit uh, drugs arrest jail is is jail the best place for an addict or, uh, or can nah. there be other means could definitely be- other um, I'd say like jail it'll help you sober up you know but like really what it is for me um, was like the knowledge you know so like Going to jail for me, like, I just met other drug addicts and other and drug dealers, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I met essentially, like, other people, like, hey, whenever I get out, I'm going to call you, you know, <laughs> type, type of thing, you know? Right, but, like, the jail right. mentality and the mindset in jail is, like, it's not like you don't want to see people do better than you, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to help someone get so, you know, like, you don't want to help someone because then in jail, you're thinking, like, that person does better than me. Like, that's, you know, like, jail is, like, a whole, like... It's, it's, it's way different. Making connections and, and learning how to do things better, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, or it, it really just like if you're a drug addict, it's like just making your life worse. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah you'll get sober, but like the tools of recovery, nothing in there. Um, yeah, I know that's such a deep subject, but I'll stay there just for one more minute. Yeah. Like, so in your experience, would you say like, like instead of jail, is there any like, re- I know we have lots of rehab centers, yeah, yeah. but... Would it be like mandatory, hey, rehab center instead of like, you know, just pushing a guy into the system of prison and then he just becomes worse? And I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if we all have the be- the best solution. but Yeah, so it, it just depends, you know. So like I feel like for like minor like drug charges, stuff like that, you know, like not like it just depends like if the person's really like struggling with addiction, you know. Like if you murder somebody and you're like, oh, like I did it because I'm a drug addict. 
send me to treatment. You know, like, that's not justifiable. Right. You know, right. but, like, you steal something or you get caught with drugs, yes, you know, depending on, like, stuff like that. Um, but I would say, personally for me, like, that was one of my biggest fears. So I was on probation um, 2015, 2016, and I had, like, maxed out my sanctions, you know. So, like, the judge is like, all right, I'm tired of everything. You're not, you're not listening. You're not doing what we're asking you to do. Um and my PO, she was like, we're going to recommend that you go to prison, right? Mm. And so, like, that was, like, my fear wasn't going to prison, you know? My fear was going to prison and then, like, coming home and, like, doing the same thing. Because I was just uh-huh. so beat down and so tired. So when I went to court, I told the judge, like, I'll sit in jail for six months. And as long as I can go to treatment, you know? Because mm-hmm. I have this fear, like, I go do two years in, in prison and then I come home. I don't learn anything. You know, like, I pick up right where I left off. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just a snowball effect. It's, it's just, you know, revolving door. So it's like, and he, he granted me that, you know, um, that, that option to go to, to go to treatment. And, uh, it's, it's cool. Cause like farther down the road now, you know, like that's 2016, 2021, 2022. He did an interview, um, for the documentary we had. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, let's get to that. I'm going to talk about that a little yeah, bit yeah. later, but I have to laugh because you mentioned, you said that you weren't your fear wasn't going to prison. Yeah. For me, my fear would be going to prison because I don't know, maybe I watch too many uh, TV shows. Yeah. I I would be fearful of going to prison myself. But yeah, but, but it's yeah like the in and out of jail. Like once you get accustomed to like it's like you get accustomed to the lifestyle of jail. You know, yeah. so it's like you're like after in and out of jail so many times, it's just like okay, like prison's just a a more larger scale of people that aren't aren't leaving as quickly. You know, yeah, that's okay. pretty much it. You know, all so right, like, all right. yeah. It's like a you know a vacation, yeah. For and then long, when it's over, we all go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you so you were uh, it you know going through the system and you know getting back out and uh, if I jump too far ahead, let me know. No, but, yeah, you're good. Um, so you up, uh, you have a, a young daughter yeah. sometime during this period, and you faced uh, some homelessness with that. Yeah, or? yeah. So I, my daughter was born while I was in active addiction. Um, mm. So the first nine ten months of her life i was i was using um and i'd say for like the first seven like what it was was like i had like a a small stint of sobriety before she was born and i had started using like right before she got was born you know it's like everyone knew that i was using like family friends loved ones but they didn't want to believe it you know they're so like so upset and they're like this can't be true you know like and i think like a lot of them like put it off as like you know like it's not true as long as we don't believe it, you know, like, and maybe he'll snap out of it before something bad happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she was born. Um, and I was just like a shell of a person, you know, like I could barely wash bottles, Mm. you know, I was trying to wash bottles. Um, yeah, it was horrible. And then, um, like my daughter's mom had caught me getting high. Mm. Um, and she, you know, she gave me the, she's like, you either get clean or you never see your daughter again, you know? And me, like, I was so deep in addiction at that time. I'm like, I know a way. I, I'm going I'm to show you, you know, like, I'm going to do both. I'm going to be a great dad and I'm going to do drugs, you know. That's uh, what I thought, you know. Right. <clears throat> and, yeah, that didn't work, you know. So she's like, all right, you got you to get out. You're kicked out. I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to show you, you know. And for, like, 30 days, I didn't, I didn't have no contact with uh, my daughter, um, no photos, no videos, nothing, you know. And that was, like, eat me alive. But I think mm. that, like, really fueled me to, like, you know, like that was that was what I really needed was like that deep 
that deep, uh, you know, time of like not seeing her um, to like really fuel me to like, I know I can change. I know I can be a great dad and humbling. Like, you know, like I know I can't do it while being on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so during that time we're now, did you end up being homeless as we know homeless as I think of homeless? I think yeah, of homeless yeah. is like living out behind the bush. Yeah. Yeah. Behind yeah. the sidewalk, you know? Yeah. So like, um, for, it was like a 30 day period, you know? So like after I got kicked out of there, like I tried staying at, at family members, you know, but they were already like cut with me. They're like, yeah. Nope. You know, like, the only help that they really, like, anyone wanted to give me was, like, a ride to treatment. Yeah. Like, the help I was wanting was, like, let me sleep on your couch. Yeah. Like, give me $20 type of help. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, they already knew. Like, they're, they're, everyone cut me off. I slept at my, at my sister's house for, like, a week or so, and it was horrible. Um, and, yeah, it's like, I remember I got out of jail. I was praying, like, God, put me in jail, you know. If I have a purpose, put me in jail. And, uh... I ended up in jail, wow. you know, so, like, when I got out of jail, I called everyone, you know, like, and this is how, like, far gone I was. I'm calling everyone, like, family and friends, and, uh, like, hey, I just got out of jail, you know, and I'm <laughs> thinking, like, they're going to be like, oh, like, where are you at? Like, let me come get you, right, and they're like, right. we know, and they hung up, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, man, you know, like, I really, <clears throat> yeah, so from there, it's like, uh, yeah, like, the, the being homeless like it wasn't as gnarly as everyone thinks you know like yeah. I wasn't like eating out of dumpsters right, and right. stuff like that you know like I was I was very fortunate to be like homeless for a short period of time yeah um, so I was like you know like sleeping in the car or literally just like trying to sleep anywhere that I could but like mm-hmm. at that point there was nowhere for me to sleep you know mm-hmm. um, trying to bum change and food off people uh, but it was you know like I didn't even really like, care like I was so deep in the addiction like I didn't care if I ate <clears throat> all I wanted to do was just get more drugs you know like I would go days without eating um, and if I did eat it would be like a 25 cent like little Debbie snack from the store I lived off those like fudge rounds I love yeah. that that's what I lived <laughs> off of for a while um, yeah I, I, so do I but for a different reason because yeah, uh, yeah. I'm overweight but yeah so yeah because I was I, uh, I have a heart compassion for the homeless and, yeah. and uh Things like that, and, and a lot of times I'll talk to them on the street, and uh, I've always been leery about getting giving them a dollar or two or, or money. Yeah, and I have. I've I've yeah, done yeah. it both ways where I've said no, and I, and sometimes I just like ah, you know, and then if they go buy liquor at the store, eh, yeah. that's, that's. But um, yeah, it's always difficult because you don't know with the drug culture. This drugs are so rampant. It, it, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to decide, you know, when when to give someone some money and when yeah. not to. And but, uh, you know, and I've I've bought meals for them and brought meals to them on the street and, and given to them. But uh, yeah, being homeless, I mean, it's 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 got to be rough. I mean, it's got it's really got to be a rough way to go. And for sure, and I think that's I think that's like why I'm here now. You know, like God put me on Kenmore Boulevard, um, because like. When I, like no matter like how awesome things are going in here it's like as soon as I walk out it's like a humbling reminder mm. you know um, or the people that come in sometimes you know it's like people that they're they're homeless and they're just trying to find food or money you know like a lot of them always just want money but it's like hey like I can give you I'm not going to give you money like I'll give you change you know like 50 cents I'm not going to give you like five dollars you know right um, and uh, it's like I'll give you a right to treatment 
you know, you want to go to treatment? I'll give you a ride to treatment because that's what I needed. You know, like when mm-hmm. I was at my lowest, it was like that ride to treatment is what saved my life, you know, because I remember I called my daughter's mom after like not talking to her for like 30 days. And I'm like, I'm ready. You know, like I'm ready to go to treatment. Um, I just don't have a ride. You know, I was trying to play that poor me, like mm-hmm. no one cares. And she was like, I'll give you a ride. She's like, I'll call off work and give you a ride. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you guys actually do care. You know, right. like someone really does care and they want to help me. But it's, you know, like, and it's, it's the help that I want now. So like it caught me. I was so shocked. Um, and yeah, it's like that ride to treatment was really, yeah, I was so, uh, yeah, it was, I was so far gone when I got there. I thought when I, when I arrived at the treatment facility, it was in Warren, a place called First Step Recovery Parkman. It's like the best treatment facility I've ever been to. Um, they're amazing people. And, uh, when I got there, I thought that there was like waterfalls. I I envisioned like you know like the passages Malibu. Like, yeah, right, right, yeah, like, right. You know, like that's what I remember. Like when I went in, yeah, that's how yeah. far I was gone. And then like seven days after detox, I like go outside and I'm like, did you guys like move me when I was sleeping to like another building? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, where's all the the waterfalls and this and that? And they're like, dude, you were so crazy when you got here. And I'm like. Wow, you know, <clears throat> so yeah, just like that guy in commercial, that nice looking guy out front of the waterfall. Yeah, yeah, like, like the beach. Yeah, and like yeah. They got like hot tubs and jacuzzis and maybe like, for the stars. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. But so, so you did finally. Uh, did that go good? Or yeah, yeah. To, so that went really well. Yeah, the and, treatment went like very, very well. And I think like the biggest thing while I was at treatment that was was the best part was like I was so beat down, so I was like 100 percent open. Uh, not fearful of like what anyone at treatment thought I could be a hundred percent honest and I was a hundred percent willing to change and take any suggestions. You know, it's like anything that they suggested I did, um, like the counselors and stuff, it was like, okay, I'll do it because I don't want to go back to, you know, where I just came from. Um, and it's just now, you know, like now it's just never forgetting where I came from, you know, and, uh, keeping God like very close. That relationship with God is, is definitely the biggest thing for my sobriety. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, that's really great. And, and your daughter played a role because you, you just wanted to be a father. Yeah, yeah. To your daughter. And, yeah. Uh, like, that was my purpose, you know? Because, like, growing up, I never knew, like, I was always like, what's, what's my purpose going to be, you know? Or, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, yeah. I know, like, what I didn't want to be was, like, a drug addict strung out, you yeah. know? And, like, but, I you know, like, I didn't know that until I, I experienced that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and so today you have a good, great relationship with your daughter. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, with everybody, you know, like any family members or like relatives or friends or anything that like I burnt those bridges in, in addiction, like God has rekindled those relationships. Um, and I don't like, I don't have any enemies like per se, I would say today, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like anyone's like, I don't have anyone coming after me, Yeah, you know, um, or anything like that. So that's, that's awesome. And then, so Basically, you took uh, your everything you went through, and and what were you thinking? Were you thinking like, how can I give back, or what? Like, once you got free of uh, the uh, addiction, um, how how did your little store here on Kenmore Boulevard take place? Yeah, so like um, once I got sober, I started being a present dad, um, building that relationship with my daughter, um, and started volunteering at places, community center. That I grew up next door. It's called First Glance. It's like an urban youth community center. Um, I grew up there as a student. So when I got sober, I went back and started mentoring kids and volunteering. 
and just telling kids my story, you know, like mm-hmm. 16-year-old kids, like, hey, I was 16, I was in the same place you are now, you know, like, I started doing drugs and alcohol, this is where it led me, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd, like, take them to get their haircuts, you know, like, buy them food, take them to the trampoline park, like, actually, like, be a, a positive mm-hmm. role model in their in their lives, um, and, you know, like, that's, that's what I felt like my purpose was, like, when I started finding my purpose, you know, like, not just being a dad, um, but, like, being a positive person and being, like, you know, a light for God, you know, like, how God changed my life, and... So from there, um, I always had like the idea of like doing clothing, you know, so like mm-hmm. growing up, um, we always, I always tell everyone like my school budget, like my school shopping limit was a hundred dollars for school clothes. And mm-hmm. we went to Gabe's like before Gabe's was cool. Yeah. You know? Right. You're right. Yeah. So right. like 10, 15 years ago when it was just like basic, like, you know, clothes that no one wanted. It was like, that was Gabriel brothers then. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, uh, and I'd always like take those clothes and I'd like alter them, you know. So I'd like distress the jeans, draw on them, like make them my own, so no one could be like, "Oh, you're wearing Wrangler jeans," you know. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> like people would be like, "What are those?" You know. And it made me feel like cool, you know, because like people like the stuff that I design. So like, that's how this came apart, like the apparel with purpose, you know. So it's like, how can I give back, make cool clothing that people like to wear that's positive and uplifting. Um, and inspire people to, you know, make a change, make a difference in the community and work on themselves. That's, that's neat. Just uh, real quick from your perspective, um, the youth that you may come in contact with, um, and, you know, there's so much stuff out there. Like say there's the drugs or there's this or that. And, but how, how do we reach the, the, the 15, 16 year olds and say, you know what, you've got to stay away from the drugs it's going to take you down a bad bad road um i don't know if it's community activities or or what have your been your experience like with the youth uh so like my experience with the youth is like you know just just give them uh a positive person that they can you know not judge don't judge them you know like whatever they're going through don't judge them and just and just love them for where they are um and that was that was like the biggest thing it's like so like last winter i had two kids coming here ski masks on guns in their pants and they're gonna rob me at gunpoint oh wow and uh they're like what is this place you know and i'm like oh it's a clothing store you know i make positive uplifting clothing um and i host different events in the community and i start telling them about the company and then they started feeling comfortable they're like wow like this place is actually cool you know (laughs) they took their hands out of their pants and then they took their masks off Uh and i'm like you know like and i was like whoa like this is crazy because i didn't expect that um and they're like, yeah, this place is so cool. And I talked to him for like 15 minutes, and I recognized the one kid. He's like, you recognize me, don't you? After he took his mask off. <laughs> I was like looking at him, I'm like, no, nah, not really. He's like, you used to mentor me. Oh. So I used to mentor the kid, but he was 15 at the time, right? Oh, wow. So then he had grew up into an adult, like 18 now. Oh. And I, that transformation of like young boy to, to young man, yeah. you know, I didn't recognize him. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it was, it was just like, wow, you know, like good thing I did mentor that kid. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, because it's like, yeah. and good yeah. thing I'm like trying to do positive stuff to inspire these kids, like, and not judge them because I know what they're out there doing, you mm-hmm. know. But at the end of the day, I have open door policy, so anyone can come in here and hang out. And if you're hungry and I have food, I'm gonna feed you, you right. know, um, because it's like, like that's what, what God would do, you know. It's that's how I try to live is like I try to be like, you know, like even though these people like get on my nerves or they try to do, rob me, you know, or whatever <laughs> the case is, it's like. I'm going to still love you at the end of the day, you know, because like I've been in situations like that. I've been that other person, you know, and it's like sometimes all you need is just like 
love, you know, someone to, yeah, someone that cares, awesome. you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I think as society and in the church, you know, the Christian church, yeah, yeah. we need to be in, in the community yeah. and know our neighbors a little bit and, and just, uh, be Christ to whoever we come in contact with. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, and I think you're doing a, you know, a great thing here. And, uh, so tell me about how, like, I, I know I talked to you before and how you give back. Like, I know you're doing helping or bringing kids in to help yeah, yeah. do a little missions work. And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So like, um, we just like any event there's there's any way to give back you know like at first i thought it was all just like monetary you know like you could only mm-hmm. help people with money and i'm like i found out you know like that's way far off yeah um so different events i'll go speak at schools uh we do like father's walk uh you know like i'll get a bunch of like positive male role models we'll go to a school and we'll fill in for the kids that don't have dads. Nice. You know and like nice. make sure so they feel a part of you know that's awesome. Um stuff like that and that's like a free way to give back and like inspire change in the community you know um and be there for kids um some of the other events we do like back to school giveaway so uh book bags hair like uh haircuts school supplies all that stuff and that's more like a community a community uh thing you know it's like Mm -hmm. we host all these events and we you know we just find people that have been moved or inspired by the company and they want to be a part it's like other businesses um like chapel hill christian school like how Mm -hmm. we're in the event um, so just different stuff like that. Like on the weekends, I'll like go buy twenty dollars worth of food from like the grocery store, like hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, and I'll throw a football game on and just cook out food out front and just pass out free food to whoever's walking by. Nice. You know, because like for twenty bucks, I can feed like a lot more people than sure. you know, or I could just feed myself for twenty bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah, so right, it's like right. at the end of the day, it's like um, you know, like stretching a dollar um, to like help more people. That is um, that is so, awesome. Yeah, and it's just like the events, I do them because, one, it needs to be done, you know? It needs to be people in our neighborhood, um, in our city, need help. Um, and they need to be inspired, and they need to feel loved or a part of something. Um, and also, like, that's what makes me feel amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, when we do the Christmas giveaways, and there's hundreds of, of parents out here uh, with their kids, and... They've been stressed or worried all month of December. Like, how are we going to get our kids any toys? That was me as a kid. You know, like Mm. my parents would be like, we have to pray because as of right now, like there's going to be no Christmas Mm. because we don't have the money, you know? And we would pray and pray and God would always provide a way. You know, every year we never went without Christmas. Um, We didn't have the biggest, fanciest, you know, Christmases, but we still had stuff. And I think that was like instilled in me as a kid, like, that love at home is like priceless, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like to see like those parents that have been worried, like, you know, like, and it's like God makes a way every single year for Christmas. Like he provides the right people, um, the right amount of toys and gifts and stuff like that. And nobody goes without. And, and that's just like the most beautiful thing, you know? So it's like, it's like, and that's the thing. So like with the clothing, it's like a percent from each, a percentage from each sale goes into hosting these events you know and they're not little events like 500 book bags for you know oh sure 500 sure. school book bags you know like uh 200 families for 2020 and 200 families for 2021 christmas you know mm. so 400 families in two years from selling clothing um and just being a light and trusting god that's that's awesome i mean it's like really you're, you're being the hands and feet of jesus man it, 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 in reality you really are because uh 
I mean, that's what Jesus tells us to do, you know. Yeah. And like you say, buying food and giving it to people who may want it and come on in and have a burger or a hot dog. Yeah. You know, sometimes we make the gospel of Christ too big. Right. We have this grandiose idea, but it's as simple as sharing a meal with someone who's hungry. Yeah. Or doesn't have a Christmas present. And now that kid does is going to have a Christmas yeah, present. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's so awesome. Um, so are you... Uh, um, do you accept donations? Yeah, yeah. So like um, for like just certain events, we'll accept donations. Um, I have people like try to drop stuff off all year round. You mm-hmm. know? So like, but donations we usually do like for Christmas, we'll do like a month before, you know, or like a month and a half before. We usually take them like a month, a month and a half before the actual event. So like that way we can like organize, get everything ready, um, stuff like that. Um some people drop off monetary donations. It just whatever you okay. feel led to be a part of, you know, like That's whatever awesome. God puts on your heart. I'm not. I don't ever ask for anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to feel like inspired or felt feel uh, like moved by like what the company and what Just Adapt from Akron is doing um, to be a part of, you know. Like I'm never asking like, oh hey, like you want to help out? Like okay, give us this, you know. It's like whatever you feel right. led to give. If it's a dollar or it's ten toys, like whatever you are able to do. Um, and that God puts on your heart, then then that's what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. Is there any online uh, giving? You take take any uh, online giving? I know you're. I know you recently built a new website. Yeah, yeah. So like the website is almost done. We've been like jumping through hoops with like the domain, um, but now it's like off for full approval and it's under uh, like their inspection thing. So it should be within. I would say like to be safe a week. You know. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's gonna be like a donate button on there, but like also like online merchandise. You can order stuff. That's what I prefer. Like if you want to support or be a part, like buy clothing. You know, so mm-hmm. like then you can wear the clothing. You you get something out of it also, but it's like a gift that gives. You know, it's like yeah. you get apparel, and that that sale is gonna help. You know, further. Absolutely. Um, and you don't have to be a dad. You know, like there's the the women support more than the, the men. I see. Yeah, I saw some women's yeah, yeah. clothing here. Yeah. So and, it's uh, like, uh, it's all like unisex, you know? Um, yeah. But like, that's the thing. So it's like, when people ask like, oh, you're not a dad. Like now, like a lot of more people know about like what Just a Dad from Akron is. But yeah. at first it was like, you're not a dad. Why are you wearing Just a Dad from Akron? You know, like, uh, you don't have kids. And it's like, no, like Just a Dad from Akron is this, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's not about being a dad. That's just a brand. You as, know? A, as you're saying that, looking at a shirt right in front of me, it says, be the change Akron needs. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah. Be that was change. that was one of the first shirt designs I've ever I yeah. ever came out with two years ago, and it's still like super popular. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's just like the message on the shirt is like awareness, you know. So it's like you wear Nike. I always tell people like they wear Nike or Jordan or whatever, but they don't play basketball. You know, you wear Vans and you don't skateboard. You know, it's right, just a right. brand. All oh, it is yeah, a brand. It's a brand yeah. yeah, so. Uh, I think that like took people like a, at first like a minute to like understand it was like a brand. That is cool. Um, so yeah, you so um, online your website's being made. Yeah, you're on Facebook, right? Yep. yep. Uh, Instagram or anything. Yep, Instagram okay. as well. Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and lastly, I know I could talk to you forever because this is a great <laughs> subject that I love, uh, but I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, tell us about the documentary real quick and and. Uh, yeah, it's so like yeah. Um, documentary. It was we filmed it for two years. It was uh, you know it's like the whole story about the documentary is like addiction, recovery, faith, and community. Um, nice. And it's like that tells the whole story of like the documentary. So it's like different different perspectives of um, you know like 
someone in drug and alcohol addiction um, from like the outsider perspective, from like parent or judge um, or just peer support uh, perspective. And then also from like the drug addicts perspective of like what life is like on a day to day basis, like going through addiction mm. um, or dealing with mental health, like in addiction, you know, and then like dealing with mental health and sobriety um, and just all different aspects of like, uh, you know, like what drug and alcohol uh, addiction looked like for me um, in my life. And then like what the positive outcome of like finding God um, and getting sober and like building community and stuff like building the kingdom for God, you know, like, and just being a positive light in the community. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all that tied into one. Um, and it's like an hour and four minutes, I believe. And we had like the, the premiere at Akron Civic Theater on October 1st. Uh, it was amazing. Um, there was so much love and support. Like this, the Civic was filled with like God's spirit. Wow. Um, That's like awesome. the people that worked there, they're like, we've had huge, like, you know, worldwide artists come here mm -hmm. and it's never, the energy in here was never like that. That's awesome. And I'm like, wow, you know, like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it was about 1500 people that showed up and we did a free event to like not exclude anybody from watching it. Sure. You know? So we did a free event. Um, and you know, like it was, it was the most beautiful thing. Like the civic is very beautiful. Yeah, it you is. Know, like it's... with the art and everything. And it was just, it was just amazing. Um, God is the only, the only reason in, in how we ha had that available. You know, like yeah, I was kind of disappointed because yeah. uh, before uh, this interview, I, I was looking up about the documentary. I was, I was like, oh, the premiere. And I was like, oh, the premiere has already happened. Darn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love to have seen it. <laughs> yeah, so like the premiere already happened. So like November 1st is when we're going to uh, like make it available to watch it to, at the comfort of your own home. Nice. You know, so you'll be able to watch it. Any, you can watch it at home. You can watch it at work. You'll be able to watch it anywhere. So you get it hooked up with streaming source. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're gonna do like we're just gonna put it on YouTube. Um, okay. I believe so because that's awesome. because that's it's it's free. Yeah. Um, it'll never you know like there won't be no time limit of how long it'll be on there. Um, anybody will be able to watch it. We'll be able to get comments and feedback, um, and also like track the views. You know like how many people viewed it, um, and stuff like that. So it won't be like Hulu or Netflix because like, we were gonna go that route. But then it's like oh like you're excluded if you don't have Netflix. You know, mm -hmm. and it'll only be on there for a month. You know, so like, I wanted to like the goal of it is just to help somebody. Anyone that watches it, to like, mm -hmm. get something from it and help them. Oh, and what's the official name of the documentary? Is it? <clears throat> yeah, so it's called the Movement. The Movement. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so November. November first. Start looking yeah. for it on yeah. YouTube. Yep. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, well, and what's your address here, by the way? So the address is nine thirty seven Kenmore Boulevard. Okay. And I encourage my audience to come out and support uh, Kenny Lambert. He does great work here. He's a super great guy. And uh, if you can, um, maybe order some stuff online or check out the shop in person. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot for, yeah. for meeting with me, Kenny. I appreciate, appreciate you. it. I appreciate the opportunity, man. All right, man. Well, I'll be praying for you, and God bless. Thank you. I've been broken.
just me and you. 